It's time once again for the Go-Giver Podcast, where we explore five timeless principles that will increase the profitability of your business and the joy in your life. Now, here's your host, the co-author of The Go-Giver, Bob Berg. Hello again, I'm Bob Berg, and we have what I hope you'll find to be an interesting and value-packed show today. One of the nice things about life is that we get plenty of chances to make things right. We'll look at that in our Thought of the Day. And in our interview segment, we'll explore some powerful wisdom as we speak with Kamala Ravikant, who has written a book, A Fable, that will absolutely touch the heart of anyone who reads it. That and more on today's show. I thank you for joining us. Many years ago, my dear friend and a treasured teacher and mentor, Rabbi Zelig Pliskin of Jerusalem, wrote a book called Begin Again Now. Though not actually the premise of the book, the very title reminded me that no matter what we've done up to this point in our lives, regardless of the mistakes we may have made, we can always learn from them and, well, begin again now in terms of living a successful and gratifying life. This is a theme that wise people have repeated since antiquity when, back in the first century of the Common Era, famed Stoic philosopher Seneca said, every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Pastor Joel Osteen says, let go of yesterday, let today be a new beginning and be the best that you can, and you'll get to where God wants you to be. Modern best-selling author Sarah Van Brethnach wrote, begin today. Declare out loud to the universe that you are willing to let go of struggle and eager to learn through joy. Several weeks ago, you might have watched the amazing comeback by Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, trailing 21-3 to the Atlanta Falcons after a very untypically ineffective first half, they went into the locker room. Now, I don't know what Coach Bill Belichick was telling them while Lady Gaga was performing the halftime show, but since a big theme for the Patriots is the saying, do your job, I'd imagine that he told them, hey, we are where we are right now. Nothing we can do about that. Let's begin again now. Go out there and do your jobs the way you're supposed to do them. Well, I'm sure he didn't say exactly that. What Brady and the Pats did is played what seemed like an entirely different ball game from their first half. They began again now. Something very positive from the other clubhouse during a, a post-game interview Falcons head coach Dan Quinn said one of the most profound things I think I've ever heard. While acknowledging and owning up to the deep disappointment, he also said that he did not want the loss to affect the players off-season or next season. In other words, this happened. It's lousy, but it happened. Next season, we begin again. Terrific. And I have a feeling they'll use this disappointing experience as a building block rather than as a hindrance. Bob O'Dine, a very highly regarded sports and entertainment search executive and best-selling author, says that when people ask for career advice, I tell them that the first step is to maintain a now focus in their lives. The past is gone and we can't relive it. Ah, the past is gone and we can't relive it. Again, profound. What we can do is learn from it, but indeed we cannot relive it. Nor should we. Of course, letting go of the old, well, we all know that's much easier said than done. Perhaps we begin by simply beginning, even though we haven't totally let go, while we continue to work on letting go. I've been working on that a lot personally lately. I find that there are things from my past that still bother me, and I haven't been able to totally let go. 
and at 59, it seems like something well worth accomplishing. Several books I've read lately and continue to study have helped me a lot in this regard. Two of them are by Michael A. Singer, titled The Untethered Soul and The Surrender Experiment. I highly recommend them both. And I recently finished another one. What a brilliant, brilliant story by Kamal Ravikant dealing with forgiveness, forgiveness of others, and forgiveness of ourselves. His book is titled Rebirth, and we'll be back with Kamal right after this. Let me ask you, would you like to become objection-proof? Would you like to close sales gentler, easier, and more effectively than ever before? Would you like to never again have to discount your prices? Would you like to learn the one thing that motivates every human being to action and the only reason why people ultimately buy? Do you want to more effectively than ever before communicate the exceptional value that you provide to your customers and clients? If you answered yes to these questions, then what you want is to learn how to sell the go-giver way. If you'd like to dramatically increase your ability to influence and sell, then check out my one-hour audio program, Selling the Go-Giver Way. For more information, click the link in the show notes. Kamal Ravikant is the author of Rebirth, A Fable of Love, Forgiveness, and Following Your Heart. Before that, he authored the best-selling books, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It, and Live Your Truth, which, while self-published, sold hundreds of thousands of copies. That and the amazing readers' reviews brought him to the attention of the major publishing houses. Kamal has lived a very diverse life, including being a U.S. Army infantry soldier, working with dying patients, climbing the Himalayas, meditating with Tibetan monks, and walking 550 miles across Spain's storied Camino de Santiago. His experiences as a pilgrim on the Camino form the basis of Rebirth, his debut novel released just last month. Powerful writing with a deep message. I compare it with the writing of, of Ogmandino, Paulo Coelho, Richard Bach, and others in that stratosphere. Uh, in addition to his writing and speaking around the world, Kamal has been an entrepreneur in Silicon Valley and presently runs a venture capital fund specializing in technology startups. More than anything, he is passionate about writing books that improve people's lives. And I'm here to tell you, he does just that. His website is rebirthfable.com and the book itself you can purchase on amazon.com, both in the show notes. I'll just tell you that Rebirth is truly one of the most powerful books I've ever had the honor to read, and I am just absolutely overjoyed to have its author, Kamal Ravikant, with us today. Hello, Kamal. Welcome. Hi, Bob. What an intro. Thank you so much for that. Well, from the heart, my friend. Uh, the, <laughs> the story begins on the banks of the Ganges River, India. Uh, uh -huh. Amit, the protagonist, is carrying out a promise to his father. Provide us, if you will, with a very brief synopsis, an overview of the story, Amit's fears, his struggles, etc. And, and what is the essence of the Camino de Santiago? Then, after that, I want to get into some, some plentiful, very specific wisdom and then let people read the book so they can become entranced by the story itself. Sure. Well, the Camino de Santiago, as the background itself, is a pilgr Catholic pilgrimage that's been around since the 11th century, and it's about... Current day, it's about 550 miles long from one end of Spain to the other, from the French-Spanish border all the way basically to the Atlantic Ocean. And, you know, kings and queens and nobility and paupers and everybody in Europe at one point 
you know, they, if they could, they used to walk the Camino Santiago. And modern day people still walk it. Actually, a good amount of people walk it, but a lot of them aren't Catholic. They aren't. It could be spiritual. It could be just finding yourself, anything like that. And so that actually, you know, if you think about it, if you come to a foreign country and you walk across a country from one end to the other, you're gonna have some very interesting experiences. And the kind of people that come and do it, you're gonna have some very interesting conversations. You know, there's a certain kind of people are drawn to that kind of thing, mm -hmm. and you will grow. And that's one thing I've found consistency in. in um, you know, everything I've heard about the Camino and having done it myself, that it really does transform you to whatever you need to be at that time in life. And so the main character I met is, uh, is a guy in his 20s, mid-20s, whose dad has died. And he wasn't close to his dad, and, uh, but he keeps a promise to his dad, takes his ash to the Ganges, and through, season, through um, basically a connection with a chance encounter with Italian who tells about the Camino, ends up walking the Camino de Santiago. And the, so he's dealing with a lot of issues about anger with his father, his relationships, not sure what he wants to do in his life, you know, the classic stuff you're, you're in when you're in your mid-20s, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and through the, the people he meets along the way and the stories of their lives and how they intersect and what they share with him, he actually grows. And by the time he does the, finishes the walk in 37 days, he actually has gone through his own hero's journey and transformed. And... The book is written in such a way so that these, these life lessons that I wanted to share are actually laid in a story so they're woven in you know, to the reader's subconscious. So when people read it by the time, they've actually absorbed some of those lessons themselves, not just the main character. Mm -hmm. I can vouch for that firsthand. Uh, early in the story, on the bus to where the long pilgrimage will begin, Amit meets a new friend, the wise Loic from France, a sailor, a boat captain. The two are philosophizing about life. Uh, Loic tells Amit... If you bring forth what is within you, you bring forth what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. And then he says, the tragedy of life is not living what you know to be true. Would you unpack that for us? Yeah, the first the first two sentences is actually from the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas. I remember reading them once in some book and it just blew me away. And there's such ancient truth in that. You know, like we have to let out our true selves and be us in the world. That's when like real success or fulfillment, however you want to define it, happens. And if you don't, is when we uh, when we're not living it, or as I say, not living a truth, is when actually things you know we live lives of dissatisfaction. And um, the the living to be true, that's something I fundamentally believe. I don't believe in just knowledge. I believe in applied knowledge. Mm. That's where that's where magic happens. You know, I can, my career is in the startup world where it's all about doing stuff, executing, and you know, what, are the res you know, what, what are you bringing to, to the table? Mm -hmm. Not just you're reading books all day and just taking seminars. You know, right. In the end, it's the mm -hmm. action. you got to live it. That's the work. Yes. Now, one day, on day one, actually, of the pilgrimage, mm -hmm. uh, Amit recalls a story he learned from an Italian backpacker he met while he was in India. Uh, it was a story about the Buddha who was attacked by Mara, the god of death. Now, this was... So powerful. Please share that along with the, uh, the main lesson that he took from that. Yeah, Mara is actually uh, is an Indian mythology and Buddhist mythology is the god of death. But Mara is also the god of illusion where mm. they say reality is an illusion. And Mara is the one that actually like has the, that puts the veil in front of our eyes. And, you know, so we, you know, literally meaning like when we are in our heads and our stories and our dramas and all that, that's, Mara, that's Mara's veil. If the veil was lifted, we would just see it's all just as it is. It's all perfect. It's life. It's, it's, it's a gift, right? 
So that that I want to weave that in very subtly, and I'm I'm blown away that you caught it. You know, because I weave Mars thread through the book and 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 mm-hmm. and how the character actually learns and figures out what the whole Mara thing is very subtly. Um, and in the end, it's just. Um, his fears, like when he's standing there getting ready to walk the Camino, mm-hmm. and he realizes the story that this Italian backpacker told him about the Buddha mm-hmm. and how the Buddha actually overcame Mara. But just basically, he just said, I see you, Mara. I see you, Mara. Oh, my gosh, yes. Just name it. Just name the just fear. Just name it, yeah. Just call the fear. And the fear is just, then you realize it's an illusion. Yeah. It was, it's such a beautiful, practical philosophy, you know, that you can just apply in your life. I do that sometimes. I'll like... If I'm going through something and, I'm, and I'll, I'll catch myself, I'm like, oh, I see you, Mara. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it just shifts you. I have that right? written down. Yeah, I have that written down. So I'm, I'm starting to train myself to do that as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's, it's so effective. It's so simple because you realize, oh, it's the illusion. I see you. And when you see the fear, I see you fear because a lot of times fear holds us back when we just don't recognize it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just, oh, I see you. Come sit, have tea. That's what Buddha said to Mara. Come sit, have tea. And so, like, if the fear comes to has tea, the fear has lost power. Right, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit later, Amit is speaking with Felipe, who shares a lesson, very important lesson, regarding happiness. It was something he learned from observing the famous physicist, Dr. Richard Feynman, which I have a feeling maybe that happened with you in real life, since a lot of this you're taking from your life. Uh, <laughs> what was Dr., is that true, by the way? Uh, uh, did, no, actually, no? I'm just okay. a fan of Feynman. All right, and he, so he talked, about, he talked about Dr. Feynman's secret. What was that secret? Yeah, so Feynman, uh, there's a very famous book called Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, and it's influenced a lot of us in Silicon Valley. Where he was just an amazing character. He was a, always just insanely curious person, you know, always mm-hmm. asking questions, and he he won a Nobel, and, um, and uh, you know he's like a father, one of the father of I think uh, quantum physics, and um, you know but he was just always insanely curious, and he was like he was a physicist, but then he went to Brazil and like dance in this you know dance in the carnival, became a carnival like a bongo player. I mean like the guy was just um, like a true Renaissance man, and but you know he was just a curious individual who for his life purpose just chose to like ask questions and seek the answers, you know, which is what physics was for him. Mm-hmm. So no wonder he was always happy and fulfilled. Sure. There was no angst or questioning, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times when people get a lot, you know, I've done this in my past, in my 20s, I think, you know, what should I be doing or whatever? It's what comes naturally is actually where our power is, you know, but to fo- yeah. and to follow it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he learned from... Um, what Felipe shared with him was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, look, Final must have been must have been one of the happiest people I ever met because he was just doing what came to him naturally. Yeah, the same with the priest who, who's who. Yeah, I mean, realized his uh, his eyes were shining. Yeah, yeah, that uh, he was living his purpose. Living his purpose. Oh, it was so beautiful. Uh, so Amit is four days into his pilgrimage along the Camino. I would say we're only up to to four, <laughs> day four so far. I mean, this, there's so much. Uh, he meets a French woman who shared an epiphany after being diagnosed with cancer 10 years earlier. She did a reboot of her life. She decided to live and make decisions based on a very powerful question. If I, and and I'm going to just tell you, I wrote this down and I'm starting to do this. I'm looking at this all the time now, this one question. Uh, share with us the question, if you don't mind, and tell us the, 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 take us through the power of this. Yeah, this is a question that transformed my life. And I came up with it in a very, when I was in a very personally desperate place. And the question is very simple. 
if I love myself, what would I do? Mm. And because there's an if, mm-hmm. I don't have to love myself. I don't have to even believe in the word love. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. where I am. If I love myself, what would I do? So like when we're, I do that when I'm faced with a choice. Remind, you, know, you know, it's very simple. Then it, it's another, very, I'm a big believer in practical life lessons. You know, not stuff that's nice to hear, or nice to know, but doesn't change your life. This is an incredibly practical and effective just filter on how to make decisions and follow life's paths. If I love myself, what would I do? Mm. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I've got that written down. That's that's my new mantra. Working, I love it. Yeah, working on that one. That is, uh, that, that's just fantastic. And it's already been working for me, by the way. Because as I've let my mind go in certain places I didn't like and and felt pain, I just said to you know, if I love myself, what would I do? And then I I yeah. used something that you talked about later about gratitude that that uh, that really pulled me back. I just it was wonderful. Everybody listening, you've just got to get this book. And and we're just going through just some of the how to stuff. I mean, the the story is absolutely written so beautifully. So you're, you're going to, as you can tell, I kind of like this book. Uh, <laughs> day 19, uh-huh. another of the profound and deeply touching lessons occurred when Amit met an Episcopalian a Palian minister from North Carolina. He was traveling the Camino with his two young sons, and he asked the clergyman the age-old question, why is there suffering? Now, I'm going to ask you to take us through this and share the lesson Amit learns along with the alternative, more productive question you can ask. Yeah, once again, another practical lesson. You know, so look, the priest tells him, like, look, this is the question that everyone's been asking. And maybe perhaps it's, it's the wrong question, because if you just keep asking why, you'll never get anywhere. You will never get to a definitive answer. He said, maybe we should just, when, you know, and human beings, you know, suffering is not just uh, special to one person, every human being who's ever lived has in some way suffered emotionally or whatever. Like suffering is a human con- is is something we share as human beings. And he said maybe the best, better question to ask is, now that this has happened, now what? And so start asking yourself not why, but you start asking yourself, now what? And when you start doing that, that's when you have power. Then you start actually, you know, being proactive rather than reactive, and you start taking action towards, you know, towards something better. So he actually really shifts because. Amit's dealing with, uh, the, you know, why did his father suffer and die? And then he, he switches it around to, okay, now what? Now what do I do? What do I learn from this? What do I become from this? Now what? Now what? Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Oh, powerful. Um, now, Kat, later in the book, Kat was the English woman that he, mm-hmm. he met who was just wonderful. Uh, she said, listen, you, you cannot run away. She's talking about fear. Avoiding your fears or pretending they don't exist do, just does no good. You've got to acknowledge them. Now, take it from there, uh, Kamal. What, what do we do with those fears next? How do we handle fears constructively? So Kat... Uh, you know, like tells them about the stories of her life and how she dealt with fear, including death and, and, and death um, and also losing someone she really loved. And, you know, there is like fears. You can't run away. And you have to re- she tells them you have to recognize them as what they are and they're not real, which, which subtly is what Mara is, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but she never used the word. It's never said there, but it's the same concept flowing through is recognizing because he, you know, Amit's dealing with fears, and because of his fears, he can't move forward. He's that's where his suffering and pain is coming from. And yet, when he starts to face them and realize they're not true, and and you know, it's only when you face them is when you see that they have no power over you. And when that happens, is actually when he's able to let go 
and actually be able to forgive his father, which ultimately is what sets him free. And forgiveness, right. I believe, is something that's necessary to set ourselves free. It's for us that we do it, ironically. You know, it's not even for the, not even for the party we're forgiving. It is the surest path to, uh, to freedom. Mm, oh, my goodness. Well, those were gems right there. Those, those last three sentences about forgiveness. Now, one person we, we didn't discuss was Rosangela. She was mm-hmm. a, a woman from Brazil, beautiful soul with a wonderful laugh. And Amit developed a, a crush on her. And for what it's worth, I did too. Now, she, <laughs> Me too, and I yeah, wrote her. <laughs> yeah, she shared some wonderful wisdom. And, and we can let the readers just introduce themselves to her since we're not going to have time to get to her. But I wanted to tell you, it was fascinating the way you left it between Amit and Rosangela. And again, we're going to we're going to let the readers discover there's no question here for you. I just wanted to give a heads up to the readers. You guys, you all are going to enjoy that little subplot. That was that was that was really great. Now, I do want to ask you, you currently run a venture capital fund. You invest in Silicon Valley startups. Uh, I I assume you're enjoying your work uh, or you wouldn't be doing it. Do you find the lessons from your book applying to your work? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I bet you do. Well, my lessons from my book, that's what I write about, I write from my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. So these are things that I work hard to live. And right. so they, they have the ripple effect in everything else in my life. In fact, I, can, I just have to look at my, see how well my life is working or not, and that tells me right away how well I'm li- living my lessons. I mean, there is no question, right? <laughs> it's really, I, I fundamentally believe, I think if someone was to ask me, what do you really believe? I believe that I am responsible for every facet of my life, everything that's happening. And so because I am the only one I can control, my inside is the only thing I have power over. And so I really do believe and I've learned again and again that when you actually start living the lessons you learn in life, like living them, your life transforms. It can't help. It can't not to. I think that's just one of the, that's just a contract we have. The book is Rebirth, a fable of love, forgiveness, and following your heart. Kamal's website is rebirthfable.com. And the book itself, you can purchase on amazon.com. See the show notes below. The links to both are there. Definitely, definitely get this book for yourself and for those to whom you want to give a very, very special gift. Thank you, Kamal. I wish you continued success in your journey, and I appreciate you taking us along with you. It's beautiful to be here. Thank you. The main lesson I learned from Kamal is that as we walk the road of life, we can live, understand fear, forgive, and grow in so many ways. And how about his question, if I loved myself, what would I do? What are your thoughts? Are you going to apply that question to your life? Please feel free to write to me at bob at berg.com and let me know. We might even share your email on an upcoming program. Remember, the Go-Giver makes an excellent gift to those in your life in order to help them lead better, sell more, and touch the lives of more people in positive and significant ways. Visit thegogiver.com and check out the new expanded edition of the book. And while you're there, check out John David Mann's and my newest book, The Go-Giver Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and provide a review on iTunes. Visit thegogiver.com slash reviews. I enjoy reading every review, and your review will also help others to much more easily find this show. That's all for today. The Go-Giver Podcast is brought to you by thegogiver.com. Visit www.thegogiver.com and get our free special report, The Go-Giver Way, 
five principles for creating a culture of excellence. That's thegogiver.com. Stop on by. Thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, I'm Bob Berg. Make it a great day.